Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining, whether you're listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube video, we do have a guest speaker today, so stay tuned. Um, so I have Vanessa on with me today, and I'm just going to let her tell you a little bit about herself. Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> it's so hard to talk about myself, but I will give my, my best shot at this one. So I am, my name is Vanessa. I am a pelvic floor physiotherapist uh, by training, but my passion lies in helping moms really recover their bodies after baby so that they can, back, can get back to doing the things they love to do. So I really focus on core strengthening, retraining the pelvic floor and how they go from doing that to doing the exercises they love, whether it's like running, it's hiking, it's CrossFit, it's powerlifting, it's just doing home exercises, whatever it is, or playing with kids. It's whatever they want to do, I teach them how to actually get to that point. Um, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. <laughs> All right. So tell us a little bit um, like more about like what you actually do. Okay. Yeah, um, when, as a physio. Yeah. <laughs> as a physio, my job is to essentially assess women who come to me for pelvic floor problems. And I can get into sort of what type of symptoms I see. But what my job entails is having a good understanding and feel for what the problem is when it comes to pelvic floor and core. So that means um, when it comes to the pelvic floor, we're talking about the muscles, we're talking about the ligaments that uh, extend between your your cheekbones, those ones when you're sitting down and you can kind of feel those bones underneath your bottom, the pelvic floor sits between those two sit bones. My job is to get a good assessment on what those muscles are doing. Just like if you hurt your ankle and you go see a physio, you get an idea of, they get an idea of like how the ankle's moving, um, how the strength is around the ankle and have a good overlook on it. The same thing happens with the pelvic floor. It is an internal assessment usually, uh, some stuff can be done on the outside, but to get a really good picture of what's happening, we get an idea of what all those pelvic floor muscles are doing, how strong they are, um, how flexible they are, because that's equally as important. And overall, we look at your mobility, how you're moving around the middle. So how is your spine moving? How are your hips moving? Um, how is everything coming together? And where are the problems? Like what is the problems that really give you issue? I think that's pretty much what we do in a nutshell. In terms of symptoms that I see, um, we deal with incontinence. So people who are women that deal with leaking, whether it's when they're coughing, sneezing, running, doing exercises, or whether it's a full-on bladder emptying, whether it's really frequent trips to the bathroom, like you feel like you have to go all the time and you're not really getting that much urine out, whether it's incontinence on the other end, whether you're having incontinence with bowel movements, and that could be from um, not being able to go, like being constipated all the time, or having loose bowel movements, or going, being unable to stop yourself from having a bowel movement. On the flip side, we also deal with pelvic pain. So people who have problems or pain with uh, inserting a tampon, or inserting a diva cup, or in intercourse, or dealing with people who suffer from pain um, that's classically, classically defined as like endometriosis. Uh, oftentimes we see women with PCOS. Uh, any type of pain that they associate with like low back, anywhere up to about your thighs. We deal with a lot of things. <laughs> and, and, and during pregnancy and after. And how common do you find this is among women, especially women who have had children? I would say it is pretty common. Um, I often recommend any woman who is pregnant 
to see a pelvic floor physio during pregnancy so that they're doing all the right things to prepare them for labor and the after part. And for anybody who's had a baby to go get an assessment done by a pelvic floor physio. I have seen women who have come um, who are very fit and they just want to clear some stuff out and they just want to understand what they're feeling. They see me once, I get a good full idea of what they're doing and then they kind of go on knowing that they know what they're doing, that they're educated on that. But for the most part, I find if you don't know what you're doing before getting pregnant or during pregnancy, you have no idea how your body's supposed to work after pregnancy. So for example, um, I have a good idea of how my muscles feel when they're doing a good contraction versus how they feel when they're not working so well. So during pregnancy, I could work on that and I could feel the difference. And as soon as I had both my babies, I could feel how weak the muscles were and I knew what I, what I could work on to get it back to the way it was. Versus if you don't, you're not proactive about it, you might not even know what you're feeling after baby is born. And you might have to sort of, it's almost like learning how to walk again. You won't really be able to do it as well. So do you have suggestions of things that women could do while pregnant? Um, you know, generally speaking, obviously you would have to have something, you know, an assessment done on an individual level, but like some ideas of things, you know, a lot of women do like Kegels or, or things like that. Are those things when you're doing an assessment, sometimes you tell them, hey, hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Maybe you should be doing this instead. Yes. Yes. So a lot of times women are told just Kegel and uh, there is a little bit of a danger to telling women that because some people are doing, that's actually the very opposite of what they should be doing. And I'll explain that. Um, at its very, very basics, all pregnant women, should, pro pregnant women should be practicing Kegels as well as learning how to relax those muscles. So being able to contract them and relax them and being able to have that in-tune feeling of where they are, whether they're in somewhere in between, whether they're overly tight, they should be able to have a good sense of that. And with being able to, to do a Kegel, we actually meet, as public floor physios, we'll meet women who think that they're doing a Kegel properly, and when they actually complete an assessment, you find out that they've been doing it wrong the whole time. And so now they've been doing it for 100 times a day, and they've been doing it wrong, it's been causing them some issues. The first thing is getting an understanding of what a Kegel should feel like, which uh, again, it's very basic and it's very foundation, should feel like as if the pelvic floor muscles are squeezing together more centrally, so towards the, the vaginal opening, the urethra, they should be squeezing together and up into the body. I do have videos that talk about self-assessment, so I'm more than happy to share those because a lot of times I do... Um, encourage women to understand what their body should feel like and understand what actually what it does because we're all scared to actually look down there and go down there and understand what that that's all about the kegels are that it's muscles coming together and in towards the body that's their action on the reverse side just like uh, we all have that place that we're all really really tense like we all some I tend to be a shoulder shrugger if I'm worried or stressed I tend to hold my shoulders really really high some other people will actually hold that tension down in their pelvic floor so it's overly tight. Some people think overly tight's a good thing, like the muscles are just really, really strong, and that's actually the polar opposite of what they are. A tight muscle doesn't mean a healthy muscle. A muscle should be able to contract fully and completely relax. So when you have someone who's on the spectrum of having really, really tight muscles, if they were to Kegel over and over and over again, their muscles are just getting tighter and tighter, tighter when the opposite of what they should be doing is actually relaxing those muscles. 
And how can this so, affect childbirth as far as if you are, you know, too tight and you're not learning to relax these muscles? Yeah. So as you can imagine, <laughs> everything has to open up during labor and during delivery. So if all these muscles are really, really tense, they're not allowing that to happen. So um, to begin with, these people who experience tight muscles have often have pain somewhere around their pelvis. Um, they can have pain with intercourse or they can have pain with inserting a tampon because there's, the opening isn't opening enough to actually let things in. Um, it's, it's forcing something against its, its will, essentially, against the muscle's will. So if you're now going into delivery and you're unable to relax those muscles, you can imagine that it's, you're going to try to force a child through something that's not opening. So you can, you can have things like tearing, you can have things like stalling labor, so that you have to have emergency C-sections and that sort of thing. I don't have the statistics on that, um, just going from physiologically speaking. Um, do you find, because I know a lot of women's concern with going to, um, you know, a public floor therapist would be, you know, mm -hmm. is it covered by insurance? Is this something yeah. that um, my, you know, my healthcare, if you're in Canada, would, would cover? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so in Canada, I can speak to in Canada right now at least, um, and in Ontario specifically, <laughs> Ontario has a um, OHIP, Ontario Health insurance plan. Um, there are some clinics that do now offer pelvic floor physio that is covered by OHIP, um, but it must be at a designated OHIP clinic. Um, BC, I am also aware that they have a women's health clinic in Vancouver, which would also be covered by the BC health plan. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure about the other provinces exactly how their health insurance works um, province by province. In the States, obviously, you'd have to look at your insurance provider because when it comes to private insurance, it all can be very, very tricky. Most of the time, um, from my experience working in Ontario, private insurance here covers, uh, if, you're, if you're playing covers physiotherapy, they will often cover pelvic floor physiotherapy. It's just kind of a subspecialty. Um, and we are considered, I believe, across Canada as a primary health provider. So you don't have to go see your doctor in order to go see a physiotherapist or a pelvic floor physiotherapist, that's kind of, they can be your main entry point into the healthcare system. Um, and the health, the pelvic floor physio can actually direct you whether you need to see a specialist or refer back to your doctor. So States would probably be about the same, I think, although I don't know if there are primary health providers down there. It might be that they would need a referral or something, but that would be looking into individual insurance companies. Uh, okay, so I want to clear a misconception because I know we've mm -hmm. talked about this before. Um, peeing your pants is normal after having <laughs> Yeah, no? and you know how, frustrate, how that frustrates me so much. <laughs> yeah, and I want to address that because I do hear that a lot. Um, you know, you've even talked about it, the hashtag mom life. When somebody says they pee their, their pants, people really think that it is normal after a baby. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is very, very common. I will not dispute that. There is many, many women who experience urinary incontinence or leaking or peeing your pants um, at some point during their childbearing years. It is by far the furthest thing from normal. Because the problem with labeling something as normal is that we don't address the issue. Um, you can pee your pants without even having children. So if it's not 
normal when you don't have kids why it's normal after you have kids so a lot of times, like you said, like I'll, I will, I'm the same way. Like I encounter so many moms who just kind of laugh it off or it's kind of like that water cooler talk where you'll encounter a group of women. Someone will mention about like, oh, can't jump on the trampoline anymore. And everyone will chime in and say, me too, me too, me too, which is great to see that we're all in this together, but we're all in this together to actually get better, not to just stay where we are. And the leaking there's two different reasons why you ha why you could um, leak, and one of them is the muscles are too weak. So the way I usually describe that, or the analogy that I use, is that if you think about your urethra or where urine comes from, like the hose, uh, when you have a nice strong pelvic floor, it would be like cutting off a hose, stepping on a hose on a nice solid ground, on like concrete outside or on the floors in your home. When you have a weak pelvic floor, it's like trying to stop the hose while stepping on a trampoline. It's going to give out. There's not enough force between the two to actually close that off. The polar opposite being that you could actually experience leaking if your muscles are overly tight, which is what we talked about again. And the analogy that I use there is that it's as if I asked you to hold a hundred pound weight with your elbow bent at 90 degrees. So like think of like a half bicep curl if I asked you to hold that there the entire day, hundred pounds. And then I said, okay, now you have to curl it all the way up, you're not going to have the power to finish that movement to bring that weight all the way to your shoulder. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing if you have overly tight muscles. It's like they're holding something up all day long, and now you ask them to do that final squeeze and that power to close things off. There's no power left. There's nothing that they can, there's not, nothing remaining for them to actually step on that hose, nothing to cut it off anymore. That's a really great analogy, especially for you know this podcast where we talk a lot about um, fitness and, and nutrition and lifestyle. Um, and so when a mom has a baby um, and she goes to a, you know, a therapist and, and she gets some help, like what are some things that she could do um, during her workouts? That would be something that may help to strengthen that or may help to uh, kind of practice those you know, muscles. So usually if someone is experiencing problems, um, what we try to do is peter down on what are the things that are causing problems. So for example, if they say every time I jump, I pee, then you go, okay, we need to figure out how to take out the jumping while still working towards getting back to jumping. So again, depending on if they're overly tight or if they're weak, it's either working on strengthening it or relaxing those muscles. So usually what I do is go back to the foundations of what it means to control those muscles. So practicing, um, to go over it without going into too much detail, it's like practicing deep breathing, practicing Kegels, but practicing Kegels in a way that's functional. So whether it's um, tightening those muscles really quickly um, or whether it's tightening those muscles and holding on to it for a long period of time. From there, we move into how do we recruit those muscles at the right amount of strength against the force that we're doing. So for example, um, if you were squatting 100 pounds, would your muscles would be at a certain force, your leg muscles. If you were squatting 400 pounds, it would obviously be more forceful to resist that weight. Mm -hmm. The same thing goes for the pelvic floor muscles. They need to be on, but enough that they're just doing the job versus 
full force everyone's like they need to like tighten in the middle to just do like <laughs> a little like bicep curl it's like that's you need to kind of counteract the effects of the of a lift so let's take the jumping for example we would work on the basics of how well can they work their pelvic floor and then work them up to maybe just doing quick squats whatever is a little bit more challenging and if that does better then we do you do like a three squats one jump you still good okay we'll do two jumps two or two squats two jumps still no leaking and progress it it's it's kind of a funny way of like really modifying what you're doing so you get you're slowly getting back to what you want to do right and there's no shame in the modification game we all no definitely <laughs> not <laughs> um, so do you like one of the things that I hear most as a health and fitness coach is um, the idea of having a baby and kind of snapping back. And I really hate that term. And I know you've talked about it before with you hearing it amongst your clients as well. Um, why is it so important for us to kind of get rid of this idea? Oh man, <laughs> loaded question. But um, I feel like we do more damage to our body by setting our expectation that we need to lose the 50 pounds yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it's just as if you were to, if you were to ask someone like, you need to gain 50 pounds and you need to do it in a week, in a week, you would be like, that's crazy. That's totally unhealthy. So right. why is it the same when it's the polar opposite, right? right? Like why, why are we okay with saying I need massive weight loss in a short period of time? Right. And it's, I always tell my clients, it took you nine months to put the weight on. Why are you trying to lose it so fast? Even with my own yes. experience, it was completely different the first time as it was the second time, you know, because like mm -hmm. you were great about uh, really talking about that and pelvic floor health and how it's not, you know, you can't snap back. And even for myself, I focus on slow, steady weight loss this time as opposed yes. to yes. snapping back. And I think that has a lot to do with mindset as well, right? Like where you yes. are postpartum and, and how much weight you've gained as well. Um, and how yes. fit you were during pregnancy. So um, if you were fit during pregnancy, um, do you think that really does help? Uh, if you were working the right muscles and, and things and, and had focus on your pelvic floor and, and making sure that, you know, so when you get back to working out um, and you're not like peeing your pants and you feel like it's okay and you've been cleared, um, what types of, of exercises do you think are okay to kind of jump back into maybe not the jumping or things like that and what exercises would you suggest maybe taking your time once you're cleared by your doctor because we know they don't mm -hmm. really kind of know much about that <laughs> so what are what are some exercises that you think are okay to jump back into i say mm -hmm. that you know um, so uh, yeah i know with like the caveat yeah I, I mean, even me, six months postpartum, I'm still modifying a lot um, because mm -hmm. I'm listening to my body, which we know that's really important. But what are some of the moves that you find are easier to kind of get back to versus, you know, jumping or higher impact things? Yeah. So I think, well, you, you said the, a key word there, high impact, like yeah. high impact are one of those things that you want to push to later because you want to make sure that you're nice and strong. I always like to think about even when you're working on your pelvic floor and your core and you're doing and you're having a fit pregnancy, you always want to think that you were kind of rehabilitating prior to this event. Mm -hmm. So 
another analogy I use, <laughs> I work with a lot of um, post-operative patients, so people who've had um, total knees or total hip replacements. Mm -hmm. Research shows the more exercises, the stronger they are prior to surgery, the better outcomes they have after surgery. So the better that that doesn't mean that they do all these exercises, they're super fit, they're super strong, they have their surgery, it doesn't give them the, they're still not able to bounce back, right? They still have to rehabilitate because they've gone through this event, this surgery in this case. The same thing goes for women. They might be strong, fit during pregnancy, but there's still that event that happens. So you need to take that into effect that even though you were fit beforehand, you need to give yourself a little bit of grace in terms of reconnecting with your core and your pelvic floor. If you did all this type of stuff during pregnancy and you had a good feeling, because you will, like if you are engaging your pelvic floor muscles, you feel like you have good control over it and you get back into your exercises. If you feel like you have good control over it, you keep going. When you, when you start to do things that are more challenging and you feel like you don't have the good control over it, then you scale back on that challenging thing, not on everything. Yeah. The things that I find are the easiest to go back to right after, right after pregnancy are one, doing pelvic floor, deep breathing, um, doing the inner core work, that's your foundations. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, doing resistive training exercises that are more isolated movements. So um, the easiest position being like in a seated supported position. So like on a bench, back supported, you don't really have to support yourself in that position in terms of your core. You can do, and you can do tons of exercises from that position, right? You can do biceps curls, you can do shoulders, you can do triceps. You don't have to jump into um, more, for lack of a better term, more complicated movements like um, squatting or jump squats or even lunges. It just depends on how good of control you have over them. Um, using me as an example, I still am 10 months postpartum and I still struggle with like a pelvic opening position, like doing heavy squats. If I'm fatigued, I can't, I have to stop because I do feel like my pelvic floor is not keeping up with me anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's not a comfortable position for me to be doing anything like a sumo squat or a squat. Yeah, sumo and squat. That, <laughs> yes right because like it's and people don't see that you're like your pelvis is open right <laughs> it's not like it's vaping, when it comes but... to like a sumo squat um so say that you feel like like you said you're feeling like kind of fatigued and that your your pelvic floor isn't really keeping up um going fully down but is there a way that you could modify it where your your range of motion is just a little bit less or would you just suggest finding something maybe different that's not going to put as much strain on your pelvic floor i would say you could do either or you can do less range of motion you're still doing a, a pelvic opening position so you could if you wanted to do the same exercise you could either lighten the weight so if you were using weights take away the weights or go lighter whatever whatever depends on where you were um, modifying the the depth of the squat so you're not going really really deep or you're just starting the movement, but you might not actually feel like you're getting a good recruitment of the muscles because usually muscles have a nice optimum degree where they're, where they're kind of stressed to the maximum versus if you were only doing like a small little movement, they wouldn't really be recruited as much. Especially with bigger um, muscles in your legs, right? Exactly. Like if you're doing like a 30 degree squat, it's not going to feel the same. There are especially like to talk about squats, like there are so many other exercises that 
work the quads, that work the hamstrings, that work the glutes, that you might even be better at doing those than you are at the squats. My personal preference is to just, just modify the exercise and find something else that'll target the same muscle groups you're going after. Yeah. And what would some of those things be? Because I know goblet squats and like sumo squats are really um, targeted for these, you know, postpartum programs because everybody believes that if you're doing a squat, you're working your pelvic floor properly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, at least that's what I found, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm lucky enough to have people like you that I can come and say, hey, if I want to do this, what can I use? You know, but a lot of people don't have somebody that are really knowledgeable, and I find a lot yes. of them are really scared to go because that's that's one of those things that you kind of brush under the rug. You know, you mm -hmm. don't talk about that kind of thing, especially amongst yes. you know, peers. Well, nobody ever knows when to bring it up either because they go like, is it just me who feels this way? And you can't really Google it. <laughs> or if you Google yeah. it, you get like really, really con like conflicting information about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, I think your question had to do with, what was the question again? <laughs> um, <laughs> what are your suggestions for some things that if, if these came up in a workout, what they could do instead of doing this? Right, like squats, squats. Yeah. Um, squats, I find, I am not a fan of squats. It's just not a movement that I tend to like to do. And for me and for a majority of postpartum women, um, we are super, super quads dominant. So whenever we do these kind of combined movements, our quads kick in faster than our hamstrings or our glutes. So yeah. we tend to really get a quads burn, but not necessarily working on the other muscles. Um, my go-tos would be to more work on the glutes, um, and isolate them. So things like um, bridging, hip thrusters, uh, uh, straight leg deadlifts, uh, even working on your hamstrings, um, isolating them. So you can uh, go on a ball, curl the ball with your legs type of thing. Mm -hmm. I like those movements because I find that it's easier to engage your glutes and focus on them, mm -hmm. glutes and hams, especially postpartum because, um, because of the nature of how we carry during our pregnancy, oftentimes the glutes are the hardest to come back. Like it feels like you can't really isolate them all that well mm -hmm. after pregnancy. That's absolutely normal because of the position of your pelvis and your legs during pregnancy. So I tend to stay away postpartum from really focusing on the squats. Like I will add them in um, mm -hmm. because it's a nice combined movement. But when it comes to really working on the glutes, I focus on other exercises. Okay. Um, so how did this become your passion? Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> do a condensed version of yeah, I know, like, I know it's a question. <laughs> I'll sum up really quickly. Um, I knew that I always wanted to help people. And when I was four year old, four years old, up until about my fourth year of university. So the first, uh, 18 years of my life I always thought that that meant I had to become a doctor and in those last few years of those 18 years um, for whatever reason I, I was I was drawn to uh, obstetrics and gynecology I don't know why it, it was something that I was like I really wanted to be focused on that area should I become a doctor things got in the way I didn't get to medical school and when I did go through figuring out what I actually wanted to do, how I could use this drive to help people, um, I discovered physiotherapy. I went through the schooling and 
lo and behold, nearing the end of graduation, we learned that there is a relatively new subspecialty in women's health that had to do with pelvic floor, had to do with women after babies, before babies. And I realized that I was still driven in that direction. I wasn't even thinking about having children at that point. Mm-hmm. But I find it so funny that I thought my route was one way and it turns out it kind of went around about to get back to helping women in some capacity around um, having children and taking and their bodies. Mm-hmm. So having gone through that and treated a lot of women one-to-one and being a mom myself, I discovered that there's such a lack of knowledge in this field for moms. And dealing with it one-to-one-to-one, every single person I was teaching the same things over and over and over about what they needed to do for their pelvic floor, what it meant, um, how their pelvic floor worked, what it meant to have a tight pelvic floor, like the things that we talked about today. I was saying it over and over and over again, realizing that this would be so easy to teach larger groups of women so that really what I want to do is empower other women. Mm-hmm. Because my training as a physio as physios work is our job is to train people to avoid injuries or if they get injured, how they can get back to back on their feet. Mm-hmm. Our job is essentially to tell people, to teach people how to never need us again, <laughs> which sounds so counterintuitive, <laughs> yeah. but more like there's so many women out there to help that I'd rather teach on an online capacity to be like, here's the, here's the knowledge. Here's everything that you need. Here are all the tools so that you never have to deal with this again, because I know I've seen the women down the line. I've seen the women in their 60s, in their 40s, who are way worse. And all they needed when they were in their childbearing years was a little bit of education and a little bit of exercises, and they would have avoided all the turmoil later in their life. So let's talk a little bit about how you decided to, you know, bridge this gap and really give that information to women. You and your husband have created this amazing thing to reach out. All yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So we work one-on-one with clients. Um, and specifically, I have just about to open, or just did today, <laughs> open a new program that is specifically for moms. Um, with young kids, but they don't have to be newborns, to bridge the gap between pregnancy, having the baby, and getting back to the routines they love to do. I want to fill that in between to actually teach them what are the exercises they should be working on to rehab not just their core and pelvic floor, because I know a lot of women get bored by just doing Kegels, and you don't have to do just Kegels for the first year after in the <laughs> postpartum period. Yeah. But you just need to know what to do that's right and what to avoid that could do you more damage. And it's not just exercises. It's like day-to-day life, the things that you could do um, to avoid making things worse. That's what I want to do is bridge that gap to get them from, I need to start exercising, but I'm broken, <laughs> to I am ready to take on the world and I can squat and I can lift and I'm confident in my own body and how it works. And how can they get access to this? Where can they find you? Yeah, so they can find me on Instagram um, as Core Strength Mama, C O R E Strength M O M M A. And our website is theinspiredactionmethod.com. In our services, you'll be able to find my new program that's called Hardcore Mom Strong. I love it, it's my passion. I'm super, super excited about it because I know how much is going into that and how much work went into that and how much value women are going to see 
from getting just what what to me feels like a little bit of information but it's it's like means the world essentially to make a transformation exactly and i'm so excited to see you know you've done so much already and i'm so excited to see um you know how successful you guys are at this because it's so awesome that your husband has joined you and you guys have created this you know incredible thing because a lot of men may be you know a little bit shy about taking on such a subject so it's really awesome to see you know that he's so on board and supportive and and really helpful with you in that and that journey yes yeah he'll be taking more of like the role of definitely the behind the scenes because i know like we will want to talk about mom things for sure but it's nice like he's so used to me talking about everything when it comes to like the pelvic floor like he's heard it everything he's heard it all by this right. point Mary's husband, right? <laughs> yeah exactly and he's like oh there she goes again talking about the pelvic floor <laughs> yeah and i'd love to hear you talk about it too because you do get so passionate about it and i can relate to that you know with the with fitness and and really being passionate about something and being able to make it you know your your job your your career yes Yes. And especially because like in your case, like your passion has been like, just, just being the healthy version of yourself. And like, you can see it in all your posts. Like you can see how much of a transformation you've had, like outside and inside, right? Like it's, it's everything. And I oh, love yeah. that you're kind of sharing that. You know, like self-development yeah. is definitely something that is, that is key. And I think you guys address that too. And it's, it's a really great, and I think it's a really great gap that you found. Um, because mm-hmm. I know as a, as a new mom, especially my, you know, my youngest is only six months old that I was fit during my pregnancy. Um, but I'm still six months postpartum listening to my body and knowing, mm, you know, I can do so many jumps, but maybe this third set, I should probably modify because I'm not feeling, you know, as connected to my pelvic floor or I'm, I'm having some of these issues that you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that is one of the things that this time I've been more aware of as you've been talking about it and in, you know, these groups that we're in. So I really yes. want to, you know, thank you for, for being so open and, and sharing and answering questions and for joining us today. It was really awesome to have you on and I will go yeah. ahead in the, um, notes and if you could send me the information i can post that in the show notes and then yeah for sure can um find you if they're interested or you know reach out to you follow you on social media Um, yes and they are always more than welcome to ask me questions because i get questions all the time about like i have this weird pain during this or i find that i feel like this is this normal and like i'll kind of talk them through that it's it's my pleasure to help people as much as i possibly can to the best that I can, obviously, online without seeing you, like, in person. So don't be shy. I've heard it all. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Hopefully, maybe in the future, we can, you know, schedule another one of these and get more in-depth. I know we did a lot of general (laughs) general today, Um, but it was really nice, you know, to, to address a subject that I don't think a lot of people have addressed. Yes, you're right. Yeah, it was a pleasure chatting with you and talking all things about like moms. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much. No problem. Thanks. So much for tuning in today and sharing this time with me. Please stay tuned for future episodes and check out my podcast.